You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast, sponsored by Iris Elements, the weekly podcast for ambitious bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be discussing topics which will help you build a successful practice which works for you. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Good morning. Welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Sammy. I'm so good. I've got goosebumps all over. I'm just so excited. I'm just, I just love bootcamp so much. <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, we're so excited this morning to be back and joined by Nikki Gundy. Nikki is a mindset, mental and accountability coach. And we just knew after last night, for those of you who were here with us last night, and we were talking about goal setting and thinking bigger than maybe you have done before, we just felt like having a chat with Nikki made so much sense this morning. So, Nikki, it's so nice to see you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. It's lovely to see you again. Thank you too. We met um, oh, last month, I think it's only last month, we met on a, an event. We went with Lisa Johnson for an event and you were there and um, yeah, we connected and it was really nice to learn about your business and you've been doing really amazing things as well. So we can talk about all of that and um, show people how you support people with holding them accountable and helping them hit their goals. I can see everyone dropping in as well. Morning, everyone. Don't forget to let us know whether you're here live or if you're watching the replay, let us know if you're watching the replay. Oh, well, and Nikki, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about what you do? A little bit about what I do. Okay, so I'm a mindset geek. I mean, some people say mindset coach or mindset mentor, but probably mindset geek is more accurate. I'm absolutely obsessed with what you can achieve when you actually try and take control of your mindset. Um, And I would say I'm an expert accountability coach. I actually have my own method in accountability coaching, specifically in the fitness um, sort of arena um, because accountability is one of those things can accelerate your results beyond belief and it's something that's when it's done well it's just so brilliant so my two greatest passions in life I'm like the epitome of the un- underestimated unexpected entrepreneur this was not meant to happen for me I was never meant to have my own business I was never meant to be into fitness I don't even like it but it's just one of those things I had a baby my second baby, I struggled as a person in my health, in my body, in my head, I struggled. And that it all came from that struggle. Like I met women online, I got into fitness as a way of actually being in community with people and of trying to improve myself and improve like how I felt about myself. And from there, I think when you find something that is meaningful to you, it's the easiest thing in the world to turn that into a business you love. So that's, I wasn't meant to happen. I've never been successful, ambitious, any of those things, but finding something that changed my life made it really easy for me to go and say, I want to change other people's lives with it too. Oh my goodness. Wow, Nikki, that is so impressive. So so when did this journey start? So if it was your second child, when when did it start? And seven what, years like, ago. Seven oh, so, seven so you're is that your youngest? Yeah, my little one. So I had my first one a long time ago in my twenties. He's 17 now. And then Mazzy was my miracle that I didn't expect to happen 10 years later. Um, but after I had her and I was in my thirties and like I said, as I said, I was struggling and I started like an anonymous, I'm going to, you know, I was going to call my first Instagram account, like 
from fat to fit. And I wasn't even fat, do you know what I mean? Like, I that's what I, the mindset I was in, like, oh, I'm gonna do this, gonna do this account, this anonymous account, and I used to hide my face, and I had like a really random, random Instagram name so that no one would find me. And I just documented just working out in my hallway at home with baby, and um, people followed along, and that's how I grew this community of women that I have. Before, long before business was ever on the agenda for me, and we would talk every day. And from there, it became abundantly obvious that what I needed, they also needed, which was a pep talk, a friendly ear, someone to cheer them on, accountability, someone to witness their wins, to see see them showing up in their lives like they were seeing me show up in mine. And from there, I was like, everyone's focusing on the wrong things they think they need a personal trainer and they think they need a nutritionist or a health coach or something like that they don't they need their best friend to be in it with them they need someone to say like I care about it as much as you do that you showed up today like you can tell me like and I will cheer you on and make you feel amazing about it and that's what they needed um and I built business of it and I have a 95 percent success rate with getting women to transform their bodies and learn to love fitness yeah, I am not a personal trainer. I have no qualifications in personal training and I have no qualifications in nutrition, but I will be your best freaking friend and I will get results out of you like nobody's business because of the way that I do it. And I think it's so underestimated. Like you're, the talents you can have, we're so busy comparing ourselves to other people and what other people are doing and how they're making money and what skill sets they have and what qualifications should I do to get those skills. And actually, we just miss what's so uniquely valuable about ourselves and what our special talents might be because we're so like, concerned with the rules we think we need to go by other people's standards and stuff. So it's been a real journey and, uh, yeah, seven years of just sort of finding what made, what special gift I had to offer. And apparently it's this. <laughs> wow. Zoe, I don't know if you're listening and hearing so many comparisons to our like our journey but also the community that we've got and because our community are so similar in the fact that they think they need that next exam they need that next thing and then someone says well you should offer advisory services and they think well I need to learn and get a qualification but they don't we, we're trying to tell them all the time you've the soft skills you've got the fact that you yeah. care the fact that you're going to listen to somebody and hold them accountable to their own goals yeah is is what yeah. is is what someone needs and oh that's just made me I'm just like wow I feel the same like that it's so underestimated and I think it's so easy to go chase the next qualification and the next qualification and be like I can't start until I've got this and actually the most valuable part about your business is going to be you in your business and the conversation you can have with a client like it's that's what's important about it you need to start doing that as soon as possible Oh, I love this. I'm, I mean, this is something we need, we're talking about tomorrow evening as well, about like the value that you bring as an individual to your business. I think also, you know, a lot of the time, like I started a bookkeeping practice when I was on maternity leave and I want, I knew I needed to change something, but I didn't have a lot of confidence at all uh, to do it and uh, didn't like really believe in myself and I didn't think big. I definitely didn't. And, um, and I think a lot of people would join our community at a point of, a, like a transition like a transition in life or or work circumstances and 
also be sort of lacking that belief, particularly when you've had children and a lot of our community are parents. And there's something about giving your life to somebody else um, to, you know, keep them, you know, when they're tiny babies and everything, like obviously they have to be the center yeah. of everything. But when you're in that process, you lose a bit of yourself and it's hard to remember you. And uh, and I think it's like being able to say, look, we're all here. We're here to support you. And, and yeah, we I know that we get so so such big results from people working with people when they're able to connect with other people who have um a similar outlook on life or similar needs I suppose yes absolutely it's nice to know you're not on your own and that actually everyone is going through it like when I met you guys on our trip and obviously I was going through loads of personal things at that time and I definitely walked in thinking oh god I'm not in a great place for this like I'm gonna really struggle here there everyone's gonna be like way above me and you actually get around people and you realize everyone's struggling with something everyone has got their own stuff going on whether that's in business in family in relationships whatever everyone has something going on we're actually all doing very similar things whether that's in our struggles or in our success and we can be each other's greatest asset um when we come together so it's really important community. Oh, so important, so important. And I love the fact as well that the other thing that resonated was the fact that you've created this kind of, well, you was documented and, and then you kind of got this community um, because you wanted one as well. Like you wanted to hang out with like-minded people. And that's exactly what me and Zoe did. We we started this because we was like, we want some business besties. We want to talk about this stuff because we can't really talk about my family. I still have people in my family that say, I don't get how you earn money. I don't yes. get it. Yeah. I it all the time. Don't, <laughs> don't understand how you earn money. No, no, no. And so it's nice to be in an environment of like-minded people that kind of cheer you on and kind of, and, and if you say something, you've got to kind of got to stick to it. And um, because you feel like you let other people down if you don't do what you say you're going to do. And I think that's so important. So, okay. So with regards to the accountability and things that you help people with, and obviously it's around fitness, how important is setting a goal to begin with before you start holding people accountable? And, you know, what are your goal setting tips? So, I mean, goal setting is so close to my heart. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I think what's when anyone can have an idea of what they want in life and they can write, write a list of I want to achieve this. I want to have a six figure business or I want to have this many clients. Um, but I think there's a nuance to doing really good um, goal setting. And I'm not going to bore you with all the standard like goal setting stuff that probably, especially women in community and business and probably do all the time. But there are definitely like four questions that I think are really important that you should ask yourself when you're goal setting to make it more than goal setting, to make it more like goal getting or goal a way to actually achieve them as opposed to it just being this list that you write and then forget about because like oh I've written down the list of everything that I want so the first thing I think that is underestimated and people don't do properly is the where am I question like the awareness like we have this tendency and I, I say this in every industry whether it's fitness business or like relationships to say, I know there's a problem. I know there's an area for improvement. So I'm just going to go, okay, well, let's just start trying to improve it. And the thing is, until you really, really know, one, where you actually are, and two, actually accept where you are, 
it's very, very difficult to actually go on and make a change or go after a goal. So you need to really assess, like the number one question you should be asking yourself when you're doing goal setting is where are you? What are the things that like, that are holding you back right now? What are the things you're not happy with right now? You know, especially in terms of business, like where where are you? Like be very, very realistic about it and accept like if there's like, oh, I feel like I've made a mess of this. It's, this is not like an exercise in being negative, but and you, until you actually assess it, uh, you can't manage it, if that makes sense. Um, and there's a certain um, like empowerment that comes from um, knowing where you are, the awareness of it is actually half the problem of being able to change it. So it's like anything, imagine your finances, right? If you know that you are in, you're spending more than you, and you know that you're in your overdraft every month, you can know that and think, right, I'm going to, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to curb it. I'm going to sort out my money. But unless you actually look at what you're spending your money on, and you have a look at where the majority of it's going or where it would be easy to make up. Like until you look at the nitty gritty of it, you're not really going to be able to change those financial circumstances. So getting to know where you are is really important. The second one is what will this goal get for me? Because we get so focused on saying I want a 10 figure, a 10 figure month, um, uh, uh, not 10 figure, uh, uh, 10k month, a six-figure business, you know, we get uh, this and many clients in our business. And actually, if you go a step further and say, but what will having that get for me? This is when you can start to make it super valuable to you. You can get create feelings around it. And you not need to remember that with your mind, your mind can't tell the difference between a memory, what's real, or what's imagined. And anytime you can have actual emotions about something, you're actually, you know, create starting to create those neural pathways of actually saying, your mind actually saying, this is important. This is, you know, something we're going through that we want, that we have, that we can have. So it's really important that you are thinking and get an emotional connection with those goals. And saying, oh, I want a six-figure business is really nice. But one, that might actually not feel that realistic. So it might feel very hard to make any real positive connection to that. Whereas if you can say, what will having a six-figure business get for me? Well, it might mean that I can do X, Y, and Z with my family. It might mean I can have Fridays off. It might mean that I can employ people or I can get that handbag that I really want or go on that holiday that I really wanted to take, like get emotional and excited. And you can see even with me, like just starting to think about what the goal gets me suddenly makes it very much more real, very much more exciting. I'm much more tied to my goal, becomes much bigger focus for me. Also, the benefit of doing that is there's quite often more than one ways to achieve the things the goal will get for you. So in terms of how happy you'll feel, how successful you'll feel, how much time or freedom you might get, how much money's in the bank, there's probably lots of ways to get there. And sometimes by looking at what the goal will get for us, we actually open up a load of other ways that we can bring uh, that goal in, that we can achieve it, that we can find new ways around it. Because if you can have behavioral flexibility when it comes to goal setting if you can know that there will be more than one way to reach a goal you are far more likely to achieve it rather than like I have to have success by having a six-figure business for instance so it's a really good way of one getting super 
attached to your goal, making it high value to you so that you're more likely to achieve it. And also opening up the fact that it could happen in many different ways. Like we just went on this private jet. I'm not. T- I'm just saying. I didn't. I thought there were certain ways you had to go on a private jet. Like you had to be really successful so that your business could afford one, or you had to be really famous. Now we got to go on one, and I know for certain I am neither of those two things. So it just goes to show you can reach goals in so many different ways. Um. So that's what will your goal get for you? The next one is, is this only for me? There will be a lot of people and you guys might be, this might relate to you too because you run a business together. You can only set a goal for yourself. So you can set a company goal and be like, I want our business to do this. But in terms of actually achieving that goal, you're only responsible for 50% of it. So you need to focus on what your 50% is. And it's the same. If you have a goal, say for you want to pay your mortgage off, maybe that's a big goal for you. If you are tied up in that mortgage with another person, even if it's your husband, your spouse, you are not fully responsible for achieving that goal. So you're giving, you can't, you have to only focus on my half of the mortgage I want to pay off. And it's really important in terms of you're giving your mind an accurate instruction, as in you can only instruct it for what you are responsible for. So it's a good checkpoint, as in, Who is responsible for achieving this goal? If your goal is, I want to have a book published, like by a traditional publishing method, you're not actually in control of whether it gets published. So that probably shouldn't necessarily be a goal that's on your list because it's not determined by you. Your goal can be, I want to write the book. I want to write the best book I am capable of writing and I want to get it finished by this date. Whether or not it gets published, is not something like that ideally should be on the goal list because you don't control it. Um, And then finally, and I think this one is so underestimated, is do you really want this? And there is a specific way you can check because we all have things in our, that we carry around with us and we're not sure are there that hold us back. And, you know, we hear people will say, is it something you really want though? And the way you can check that there's nothing sort of hidden back there that's holding you back that you don't know about is what do I gain right now from not reaching my goal? Because there will be something in your life, there'll be some whether it's the you're free from the pressure of it, there's no worry that you're gonna fail. You might there might be something really positive in your life right now that you have by not reaching that goal. And similarly, what might you lose if you did get your goal? Because for a lot of us, having super successful businesses might mean we lose being the mum we want to be. And that is a very big, like, like unconscious form of self-sabotage. Because do you really want that? And it's not that that's true, but if that deep down is something you believe, your mind will know, your unconscious mind will know that that is important to you. And your the prime directive of your unconscious mind is to sort of back up any sort of stories that you're telling it, anything it thinks that is really important to you, it will go after it, find it, provide evidence for it. So if there is a part of you that thinks, oh yeah, I really wanna be, I wanna have build my business, I wanna scale, I wanna have this amount of money, I want all the yada, 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 all of these things but you're also maybe a mum. There is a good chance that there is a part of you that thinks it's not maybe that safe for me to have all those dreams come true. 
because I might lose the being the mum I always envisioned. And it's about realizing that that's there and then telling yourself a better story about it. Imagining what the mum mum role could look like with a really supportive business behind with a business that financially allows her to be the best mum that she can be. And it's just about finding it and then working out a new way to tell that story and that belief because beliefs aren't true. They're just rules we've made to that we act as if they're true, that we say we must live by this. But it's not. You can tell yourself any beliefs and any stories you want. And if you can believe them enough, if you can feel emotional about them enough and make them important enough, your unconscious mind will help you back it up and go after it. So those are the things that I think are under underutilized I want to share with your community just to help them because I'm sure I know for certain you will have already done amazing goal setting with your guys because I know that you cover all sorts of stuff like this so I'm hoping that just gives some extra tips or check like just checkpoints just to check if you've got a good goal if it really is going to work for you and it's something you can really get behind so that's my that's my favorite parts of um, the magic of goal setting because it is it's such a powerful tool and you and absolutely people who set goals over people that don't get much much better results. We've done loads of studies on it, so it's definitely uh, worth doing. But get emotional, make them super high value. Oh, I love this stuff. Um, it's amazing. And um, lots of people, we asked people yesterday to share their light bulb moments and we, while we've been going through this week and a few people have said that. And somebody said, and I, I'm really sorry, I can't see your name. If you've got the option to allow StreamYard, we'll be able to see your names while we're live. Um, but someone said, this is my biggest struggle. Mum guilt is real. And I get that. Like Joe and I both run businesses around children and it, you do feel that. And we ran, um, oh gosh, it was probably last month now, Joe, wasn't it? We ran a money mindset um, week and over that week we were talking about the things that we tell ourselves about money and you know what what our sort of beliefs are from growing up and childhood perhaps about yeah. people who have money are like this and because we carry this stuff and don't, we don't even know it most of the time um, and we certainly don't know what those sayings that we have learned tell us yeah. or sort of tell our minds um, we do hold ourselves back from setting big goals for our business because we have an expectation that our friends won't like us anymore or you know people will think well who do you who are you to go out there and try and be a success why why isn't the life you've got good enough and all of that kind of stuff and yeah. that's why we talk all the time about building a business which is right for you because your business doesn't have to be uh, working all hours and weekends and evenings and all of that stuff and I think maybe people think well if I become an entrepreneur and I'm successful my business is going to have to look like that for me to be able to do it because that's what I see on the TV and um, you don't have to do that but you do no. also have to design the business you want to have so you have to consciously choose what it's going to look like in the future so that you can put things in place that allow you to run a business that works like that 100%, 100%. love it so you've set some goals um, how do you then make sure that you're making the progress? Like, do you write your goals down? Jo has this thing where she like writes her goal on a post-it note and sticks it everywhere in her makeup box. She told us last night. What do you do to make sure that you're making progress? No, that's bang on. That's so good because you need to see it. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, you need to see it because in terms of mindset, um, you know, if, if your goal is something that isn't usual for you or slightly stretching for you, you're probably not gonna, like, it's not gonna be something that pops into your head that often. 
And like I said, to set, you know, set the goal and forget it isn't actually going to do us any favors in terms of making it, bring it to the forefront of our mind, uh, making it like our sort of our, all of our focus and attention. So by having it post notes everywhere and it just reminds you all the time and mind gives your mind that instruction all the time of this is important I may not be saying it all the time because I forget because it doesn't feel regular and normal for me um, saying things like I can't do it feels much easier than saying that I can um, but so when you see it on post-it notes Joe that's so good for your mind because it's just a visual instruction then to your mind like oh this is important don't forget about this this is what we're focusing on um, and it does do it does do such a lot of good so I 100% would say if you can make your goals visual and um sort of focus on them many times a day just in terms of helping you with neural pathways creating new sort of connections in your mind because we've, we've built lots of negative ones over the years you guys like lots and lots of negative ones but our, we can absolutely change them but it does take habit so anywhere that you can remind yourself and um, there's like manifestation games, you guys, that where they get you to like write your goals down multiple times a day for a certain number. And it's meant to attract it into life. But really what this is, you're in creator mode. When you hold a pen and you write something down, you go, you use a part of your brain that puts you in creator mode. Now, so when you write stuff down, the same thing over and over again, multiple times a day, actually you're just rewiring this brain, your mind, to say this is really important to us because whatever you are thinking about the most your mind will find for you so how often have you like gone to buy a new car and you've decided what car you want to buy and then suddenly you see it everywhere on the road like every you're like oh my god that the car i'm buying is everywhere suddenly it's because your brain your mind now knows that's really important to you and will show it to you everywhere that you go it's not that it is suddenly appearing more your mind is pointing it out to you and it's exactly the same with your goals the more you can see it the more you can use it and focus on it and rewrite it and say it to yourself over and over and over again the more you are saying mind go back this up go find this out in my physical realm and what's in front of me and all the information that there is find me this and it's just literally instructions all day long to tell your mind what to focus on so that it can help you because 90 i think 95 percent of our brain activity is unconscious which means that a good 80 percent of what we do every day is also unconscious so you need your unconscious mind working for you. Um, the other thing I would say in terms of making progress, other than sort of making everything visual, visual, is small wins every day. Everyone thinks the goal setting means that we should be focused on the big things all the time. And actually on a day-to-day -day basis, it's the small wins that massively skyrocket self-belief. So it's really good, obviously, to have our big goals written everywhere but you need to have a list of small wins that you can tick off every day. And you need that pat on the back when you do them. You need a Joe or a Zoe to go and tell and say, ah, oh, I did my, my list of wins. I've ticked every single one off. Because it's that list, those small wins throughout the day, every single day, that will skyrocket your self-belief. It is not achieving the six-figure business after five years that will give you self-belief. 
And it's so misunderstood because it's not that, it's not, not even the monthly goals. It is the teeny tiny wins. Like for me, like you guys, you'd be shocked. Like I'm literally like, oh, I've got out of bed this morning. Yes, great job. You did it. Like, because the more you notice what you are doing, instead of putting all of our attention on what we're not doing, like the more your self-belief, your confidence, your good vibes, everything skyrockets. And that's the game-changing thing about achieving the big goals is actually when you start paying attention to the smallest thing, ticking one thing off your list, big deal, tell someone, celebrate it, do a little, like I literally have like a little dance that I do. You know how like um Tony Robbins has his like, you know, think like this is the thing. Everyone should have their own like little like, ah, yes, I did it. You know, for the smallest, smallest things, because it makes a huge, huge internal shift for you that will build and build and build and build until you just feel super good about yourself, super good about what you're doing, where you're going, and you'll feel like those unstoppable feelings of I really can do anything that I want, and it's from the small stuff, not the big stuff. Um, and the other one, which I think is really simple but really easy to do is make your decisions the day before so don't do it on the day of because we don't make great decisions on the spot usually we'll make them for the wrong reasons in like we'll split decisions or we'll use it as a way decision making as a way to massively procrastinate through the day i can spend two hours agonizing over my to-do list on what i should do first so if you make, and then my half my day is gone. So uh, especially if you love procrastination as your form of self-sabotage, it's my favorite. It's my favorite way to sabotage myself. So make your decisions the night before. So just spend 20 minutes the night before, whether that's, you know, for me, that might even be if I'm gonna work out, I'll make a decision on what my workout outfit is gonna be. The decision is made the night before. In terms of a to-do list for your business, if you know there are things that have got done, prioritize that list, make it just a few items the night before so that you wake up the next day, decisions are made, stress-free, you can just go straight into your day knowing what that number one priority is and it makes it so much easier to just get in, get started and start making the waves, moving the needle forward in the way that you need to. It's so easy to do, but it's so impactful in terms of actually doing the do, taking the action, getting stuff done in your business every day. I feel like I just ranted at you guys. Right? I love it. No, keep going. I'm like taking this all in. It's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love the, I love the, the small wins. That is amazing because I, I can see how it's like helps you with imposter syndrome and self-belief because you're, you're constantly saying to yourself, look, I am achieving. I am achieving. I am achieving. Yesterday, we asked the audience to share something that they've achieved in this first half of this year because we wanted to knock out that because when you start talking about moving your business forward and achieving the business that you want, people automatically go in, oh, but I'm not good enough. That's not for, this isn't for me. So we wanted everyone to share something that they have achieved this year. And oh my, they flooded in, didn't they, Zoe? All of the achievements were fantastic. But to make that rather than what we do, we did over the last six months, to do that on a daily basis, all these little wins along the day, I can just, and if you actually celebrate, I can see, yeah. see how amazing that would be to your self-belief and to that consistent action, making it a habit to yeah. consistently say to yourself, wow, I'm, I'm doing really good and I'm here achieving. Absolutely. And the dis 
and the decision fatigue thing about choosing your outfits the night before. I mean, we we have a laugh in my family. We've got um my my brother's got a fiance, and she is the meal planning queen. It's on her fridge. They know exactly, what, and we always laugh and like, oh, you can't go off of the meal plan and all of that. But she she's she's following. I'm, I'm bet she's following you actually because she's always exercising and she's always like doing. She's always got these little wins going on. I might have to check her out. She's always on Instagram, so maybe she is. But um, and and I'm like, um, and I spoke to Beiju recently. He said, if you notice, I only ever wear black or white t-shirts. I don't need to have to make that decision every day. I wear my jeans or shorts and black or white t-shirt, and I'm like. Yeah, the time that we take up with all of these decisions and then it gives us a chance to procrastinate and slow down the day. So uh, I think it's all absolutely fabulous what you're saying. You can rant at us and give us all your knowledge whenever you want, Nikki. It's fabulous. So a question we have is, do people need to get up early in the morning? Is this a thing and does it need to happen? And why? If it's if it's a good thing, yeah. Talk about okay. it. Right. So in to put this in context, you guys, I wake I get up most days at 5 a.m. unless I'm ill or you know, serious sleep de- deprivation from the kids has happened. As a general rule, my day starts at around 5 a.m. Now, I do not believe everyone needs to wake up at 5 a.m. What I do fully, fully believe in is that there is a magic to early mornings and I don't say that with any like you know woo woo like it's there is something there is a clarity uh, about the way your brain operates first thing in the morning your brain has this ability to almost wash itself I say almost because I'm sure there's a much more scientific scientific word than washes itself but it has the um the ability to pretty much wash itself overnight And when you wake up in the morning, if you don't consume anything first, like social media, your emails, harassment from the family, whatever, you you wake up with this like clean brain. And it means that you have this limited window of opportunity early in the morning to, to like reach untapped potential that probably won't be there later on in the day. So while I love to wake up early in the morning because I like a solid two hours before my family wake up to dedicate to me. And for me, that will be a workout. It will be working on a passion project, be listening to an um, uplifting podcast or something like that. Um, what I do, I do recommend to everyone is if you can give yourself an extra hour so that the first hour of the day is not spent rushing out of bed. So it's not like going diving straight into work emails or any whatever, whether it's the school run or whatever it is that you have to do for everybody else. If you can give yourself the first hour of your day, it has the ability to transform your life. And I don't say that with like, that's not just a throwaway comment. I have a a course called Early Morning Queen, which I genuinely made and I thought nobody would, I thought everyone will just think it's really silly. And I run it now and the comments I get from the women who just try and they don't follow my routine, it's all about them building their own. But they say to me like, this changed my life. This is life changing because especially for the mums who, you know, we wake up and we're straight into serving others. It's like breakfast for everyone else, the uniforms, the pat lunches and trying to manage our own mobile phones and everything else we have going on. Like if you can have the first hour of your day to do selfish things so that it's high value to you it's not a punishment it's not getting up to try and do more than you're already doing it's to say instead of giving myself the last hour of the day 
I'm going to give myself the first, the, the, the hour where my brain, I can tap into my potential and I'm virtually, I don't want to say like limitless at that, but there, there is mega, mega potential early in the mornings before you've consumed anything. So you'll find you are more creative, more productive, more inspired. Like you will be able to finish tasks that were like yesterday afternoon were taking you three hours to try and do. You're like, might be able to finish them in like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, because you can operate at a different level at that time in, in that first sort of hour after waking um there are obviously lots of you know things you can do to have stuff you suffer like foggy headedness and stuff in the morning there are things you will adapt and you need to sort of get through that uncomfortable barrier as with anything good in life is always on the, the other side of something uncomfortable but it really is it's like you got to see it as like a selfish i'm going to do me first i'm going to do the things that i need that make me the best version of me and then like for me i'm so happy when my kids wake up because I've had a good hour and a half at least on my own, doing what I need, get giving myself the best bit of the day. And then they get to everything else after that, because we only have a finite amount of attention. You don't have an unlimited amount throughout the day. And every time you look at your phone, every time you do any kind of task, you're giving attention away. So if you're always going into your day thinking, as soon as I put the kids to bed, I'm gonna tackle this book I wanted to write or this, I'm gonna start my own business or I'm gonna put do X, Y, and Z for the things that I want or read this book. And then within three pages of reading a book, you're, you're dead asleep, right? Because you don't, you've given away all of your attention before that point. So you haven't left yourself anything. Now, so you can do, you can get up whatever time you want in the morning. We are naturally meant to wake up with the rising of the sun and wind down with the setting it is in built into our circadian rhythm, but doesn't mean you have to. And I will say for anyone who really resonates with being a night owl, that's valid. That is a real thing. There are, there are definitely a community of people in this world who operate way better at night. And if that feels natural to you and that feels when you like, when you perform your best, hold on to that and don't be told otherwise. I have a friend who's an author and he does his best writing two, three o'clock in the morning, like when everyone's gone to bed, because that's just when he feels the need to write. And you should always like go with your gut instinct on that. But for a large majority of us, you will find that if you can give yourself the first hour of the day to do stuff, selfish stuff for you, then you will actually find that you can work and operate and create at completely different level. That's why they call it miracle mornings and the magic of early mornings, because it's just something you can't tap into once you've started to consume other stuff. So yeah, it's really special. It's, I highly yeah. recommend anybody to try it. I know you tried it a little bit, Zoe, didn't you? Yeah, I do. So I do try, I think, and and you know what, actually like going to bed early because you've decided to get up early is like, feels really luxurious to be like, oh, it's like nine o'clock, I'm going to go to bed. And, uh, and like, that's been great. I think my challenge is my three-year-old wakes up. So he'll be up at half five because he hears like something's going on and that maybe disturbs him. But there have definitely been days where, I've been able to like do a little bit of exercise and just like get my, like spend a bit of time just listening to music or making some notes about other things that I want to be focusing on. So it has helped me a lot, but I, I don't do it every day. I'll set my alarm. But if I, if I wake up in the night, I have to turn my alarm off because I know that I'm not going to be able to do it with the sleep deprivation. So I think it's like, what's right for you. 
how do you how do you decide like for, I can see people saying about being the night owls and wishing they could survive on less sleep and I think definitely you still need you still need loads of sleep oh, I think you know, less sleep sleep is so important you I would never tell anyone to prioritize an early morning over sleep sleep in terms of our lifespan in terms of illness in terms of our overall health and well-being sleep by far and away is more important. So you cannot have a great early morning routine without a good night's sleep. Um, it's very, you'll know how you feel. Like you've just said, you'll know how, whether or not you operate from how much sleep you need to be able to operate well. I'm someone who naturally can operate with about six and a half to seven hours sleep. If I get that, I normally operate really well on that but everyone will have their limits. Normally it's um, sleep cycles are about 90 uh, minutes long, roughly. And actually normally what makes you feel good is if you is trying to get to end of sleep cycles. So there is a lot of power in sleep in the sense that you can actually decide when to go to bed and when to wake up based on these 90 minute cycles and try and time it so that even if you're going to get less sleep, as long as you actually finish at the end of a 90 minute cycle, you'll probably feel better having less than if you had half an hour more and woke up in the middle of a cycle. But that is a whole, there's a whole other thing. But sleep is so, so important. And yeah, don't ever feel like, oh, I should just make myself get up early because if you've had a really rubbish night's sleep, because it really is, um, it's like the backbone of every sleep is the backbone of everything. And some really scary stuff can happen if you don't get enough sleep. You can't catch up on it. It's a big misconception. People think you can catch up on sleep you can't you just make your deficit bigger every like every time you miss it so it's what it's important it's it's so interesting that you you say that about sleep in the 90 minute cycles I think I downloaded an app once that said right what time are you going to sleep and it will wake you the app the alarm will wake you up at the right yeah. time for your cycle which is interesting recently I was talking to one of my clients and she is really into yoga nidra which I'd yeah. never heard about. But because I'd been talking to her on a Zoom call, when I went to bed that night and I opened up YouTube, Yoga Nidra thing came up, a sequence. And I was yeah. like, oh, and it was for sleep. And I have listened to that. And I don't know what she says because I'm fast asleep. I literally, yeah. within 10 minutes, I'm out. But I have been naturally waking up about quarter past 20 past five since okay. I've been doing this. And I really think there's something about the quality of the sleep I'm getting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, something about like the sleep cycles and things like that, that I'm actually, it's a restorative sleep because yeah. I'm rather than laying there overthinking, I'm going through this, whatever she's, it's like, I suppose a meditation thing, but that it's not very, it's not too deep because I get a bit angsty with meditation. When someone's telling me to clear my mind, I'm like, I don't want to clear my mind. I'm doing this. I've got this in my head. Whereas I don't know what it is about what she says, um, and there's not too many breathing exercises. Or it's not too, I just naturally go to sleep. And I've been like waking up and thinking, why am I waking up before my alarm clock? I've never done this in my life. So it's really interesting that if we, whatever we hold true that, well, this is how I am. Sometimes you can find something that actually helps you in another way. So I think it's worth exploring, even if you're thinking this is not for me and that's absolutely fine. And I think there's been some tips in there. Well, try waking up about 15 minutes earlier and see if that's a good time for you. And then maybe if you go a bit, like if rather than trying to get two hours or an hour, maybe do it in little five minutes at a time. Um, I think it's really interesting. Fascinating. Um, do you know what, you guys? There's a thing you can try. That your unconscious mind, like we have a natural body clock, right? We have a natural 24 hour body clock. 
And if you ever, I'm sure all of you have experienced this, you know, when you know you've got to make a flight early in the morning and you'll wake up like an hour before your alarm goes off because you're like, I have to make my flight. They say, I'm desperate to try it. And I know maybe we should all try it. They say you can ask your unconscious mind the night before and say, please, unconscious mind, wake me up at 5 a.m. And if you tell it and give it the instruction and super intentional about it, your unconscious mind will wake you up at the time you asked it to. I'm just saying this is out there. They say this works. I'm I'm, I'm too worried I'll oversleep, but maybe we should all try it and see what time we wake up. Do you know what? It's funny. My stepdad has always said to me, don't need an alarm clock. Just tell yourself what time to wake up. Yes. He said it my whole yes. life, and I'm like, no, that doesn't work. He swears so by it. Power in our minds in order to live us like this supremely brilliant life, and we've got things like alarm clocks, and apparently you don't even need them because you should be able to just say, "I would like to wake up at five a.m., please," and your mind will know what time that is and wake you up because we have an internal body clock. So. Oh, uh, so I can see people in the comments actually saying, yeah, my husband does this, always wakes up early. Yeah. So we have to try it. <laughs> oh, Nikki, thank you so much. I think we could chat all morning. I think oh. that's so much. We have to do this again. Um, but I feel like we've like given people lots of really good tips on goal setting, but also how to find the time to start to put the things in place to build on those goals. So oh, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Oh, um, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it's been fab. Well, look, Nikki, do you want to tell people how they can connect with you and find out more about what you do before we wrap up? I would love that. So I hang out most of the time. I'm on Instagram is my normal uh, platform. So you can get me Nikki Gundy on Instagram. It's just my name. And I do have a super lush Facebook group, which delves a little bit more into all the kind of stuff I was talking about today in terms of mindset and early mornings and all that good stuff. So, and that is Nikki Gundy Inner Magic. If you search for that on Facebook, you'll find my group. I would love to see you in there. Oh, lovely. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, everyone, for being here as well, um, joining us today for this boot camp session. We're going to be back at one o'clock. We're talking to Sophie Davis at one o'clock. And then at three, we're speaking to Chris Johnson from Go Proposal by Sage, who is going to be giving us a demo. And then Joe and I are back this evening at eight o'clock to talk you through the second part or the second and third parts, actually, of our RISE framework. So really look forward to seeing you there. Um, for now, though, thank you so much. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. Have Thanks. a great camp, everyone. <laughs> thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.